Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here going solo today. The Knicks win 101 to 69 over the Chicago Bulls on Sunday night in the Summer League to advance to 2 0. Quentin Grimes already looking maybe too good for Summer League. Same with Jericho Sims. Same with a bunch of Knicks. Break up the Knicks? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe they're too good for Summer League. Maybe they're going to win the championship. I'll talk about it next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I wanted to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or checking us out on YouTube and taking in the sights and sounds. We appreciate you guys making us a part of your daily routine every day. And who am I? I'm Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And the Knicks are maybe the best team in the Summer League. I, I, I don't know if that's too bold to say. Or not yet, but they beat the Bulls 101-69 to in their second game of the Summer League. Uh, as we were reminded a million times by the broadcast crew, the Knicks got out to a 13-0 lead in this uh, game to start and then just absolutely annihilated the Bulls. Uh, I think actually what, what Mark Jones and Doris Burke said in the last game was really true in this game when they were remarking how the Knicks and the Warriors in that first game sort of felt like a, a higher level of summer league basketball because it was a lot of NBA guys playing in the game. Uh, you know, you had Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga, amongst others, on the, the Warriors side versus um, Grimes and Deuce and Sims on the Knicks side that had gotten some NBA time, along with Farron Hunt, who also got a little bit of NBA time towards the end of the year. I think that really rang true in this game. I think the Knicks have sort of established themselves as a higher level of summer league product at this point because it's guys that know how to play with one another. They've clearly got a scheme that's working on defense and all that stuff. I mean, it, this game a little bit to me felt like if you go into a game of NBA 2K and turn it down to rookie level uh, and just annihilate the other team or you know it, maybe the Globetrotters versus the Generals, I don't know. It was it was almost comedic at first, though, just how much better the Knicks looked than the Bulls. The Bulls were still I mean, look, it's not a knock on them. I mean, it, the Bulls didn't have, you know, a a ton of like high level, you know, talent on their roster to really inspire you in that way. And then B just didn't really have that many like NBA vet type guys. Like if you look at up and down the roster, like Dale and Terry, 
you know, their first round pick this year. Look, he had some, you know, some flashes in the game. But other than that, I mean, just not a lot of guys that are actual like NBA players, I don't think, uh, on this roster. So, you know, definitely a talent discrepancy between the two squads. And that's okay. You know, not every team can have their A game at Summer League every single year, uh, depending on what their draft pick situation was or, or what have you. And the Bulls have not made a ton of draft picks over the last couple of years, thanks to trying to improve their NBA product. But back to the Knicks, I mean, their, their defense was just crazy in this game. You know, I thought they were playing the perfect mix of getting over screens and switching when they had to. Uh, but it seems sort of like the the MO was get over the screen first, and then, you know, as an absolute last resort, Jericho Sims or whoever could, you know, come up and, you know, play defense up at the point of attack there. And I thought they did a really good job with it. Uh, you know, I, I do think that one of the things that uh, plagues the Knicks during the or plagued the Knicks during this past regular season, I should say, was that they played drop coverage almost to a fault where, you know, in a pick and roll situation, Mitch is Mitch or whoever is pretty much always looking to drift back into the paint and protect against the potential drive, which we saw, you know, against some guys that you wouldn't necessarily even think would be shooters. Uh, like the one that stands out to me was like Josh Giddy, for example, in the one game against the Thunder this year. You know, the Knicks never got out on him. And so, you know, his man would be trying to get over the screen, but wouldn't be able to get over it. And then Mitch wouldn't come up because the game plan was to play like pure drop coverage. And then he'd be left with a wide open three. And even if guys aren't great three point shooters, you know, wide open threes are wide open threes and guys can get in a rhythm then. And that's where we saw the Knicks get torched by like Giddy and uh, Ricky Rubio did it at one point. I mean, there's a, a number of different guys. I struggle to think of them. I probably blocked them out of my memory at this point, but you know, that, that's something that the Knicks struggled with, and I don't think that that's something that the Summer League defense has been struggling with. I think the Summer League defense has had a good mix of just being smart enough to know when to come up and when to play drop. Um, and that was part of what made them so effective against the Bulls. They really walled off the three-point line so that they couldn't take any shots there, but then also did a great job of keeping the paint secure as well. Other than a few, I think the only, the only real times where it didn't work was there was a few times where uh, an offensive rebound would come out unexpectedly or something. And I will say with this summer league squad, other than like Jericho Sims, there isn't a ton of like fantastic rebounding on this team. So that was sort of the one weakness that showed its head a little bit though. It's like kind of nitpicky and a 30 point win uh, with the summer league here. But like that was the only times when I thought the Knicks, you know, looked a little, weaker in this game, but just purely from, you know, defending against a half court set or even defending in transition, I thought they did a really great job in this game. And it, obviously it showed with a 30 point win, uh, the bulls <laughs> to underscore the dominance of the Knicks defense, the bulls did not make a field goal until there was two minutes and 55 seconds left in the first quarter. So, uh, yes, the quarters are a little shorter during summer league. So, uh, you know, take that, for what it, it's worth there, but that's still pretty impressive. It's like over seven minutes without a field goal made for the Bulls to open the game, and that made their grand total at that point six points with just under three minutes left in the first quarter, so that that's pretty solid. Um, I, I do think this game and how the Knicks have been playing has sort of 
offered a little bit of a blueprint for how the Knicks could look with the big squad. Uh, I, I don't think that Brunson can offer the defense that Deuce does uh, just because he's not quite as good of a defender. Uh, Deuce, you know, that's sort of his calling card, obviously, his defense. So it's going to be hard to fully replicate that. But I think that like a Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson lineup could give you a lot of what the summer league starting lineup of uh, Deuce, Trevor Keels, Quentin Grimes, um, uh, Farron Hunt and Jericho Sims does in theory, um, you know, because even with his physical limitations, like Brunson really tries on defense and he's going to try to get over screens a lot. But if Mitch is back to the shape that he was in, say, to start the 20 to 21 season, which I'm hoping will happen, you know, with he's got this new contract and and everything and, you know, knows that he's going to he's got his long term future secure with the Knicks. Hopefully he comes in like really spry and ready to rock like. He has that ability to, to get all the way out to the perimeter and not lose somebody that way, too. So I hope that that's something that uh, the Knicks entertain, you know, and that Tibbs is maybe watching this and saying, oh, all right, well, maybe we don't have to play drop on everything. Maybe there can be a little bit of switching on defense and we can try that out, you know, and still have guys trying to get over screens, but also have them, you know, occasionally switch and with a lineup like what the Knicks proposed to have, I think you can get away with switching most positions except for Brunson. Uh, so I guess that's the only thing to consider is like Brunson makes it a little more difficult at that point guard spot uh, to be able to switch, but also you could generate other switches, you know, off the ball that can then alleviate Brunson having a guard like a center or something and RJ Barrett or Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin or, whoever can kind of hold their own for at least a possession against a bigger player like that. Cause they're just built really big. So I do hope that the Knicks are taking, taking notes here on things that they can move to the big squad. Uh, I want to talk about Quentin Grimes and Jericho Sims and some of the other guys on the team, of course, because there was a lot of great individual performances outside of the awesome team performance. But I did have to let you guys know real quick that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL—well, not NHL playoffs anymore, but Major League Baseball for sure. Very, uh, very much going on along with summer league. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And you guys know, a big Mets fan, wearing a Mets hat right now if you're watching on YouTube, uh, as I pretty much always am this time of year. And I like the Mets with uh, uh, Max Scherzer taking the mound against Max Freed. Uh, Mets plus one and a half favorites against the Braves here. Or actually, I'm sorry, the Mets... The Mets are not favored. They get plus one and a half. I'm taking that all day. Yeah. I, what? <laughs> I totally read that wrong before I got on the show. Yeah. Take the Mets plus one and a half. I mean, they're better than the Braves. I don't care how both teams have been performing. Max Scherzer is is going to come out and crush the Braves in this game. Uh, so definitely go for the Mets there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, and I am back to talk more Knicks basketball, and it's time to get into some players because obviously you got to talk about the team first when 
team wins by over 30 in the summer league. I mean, it was, it was a complete team effort, but there's some great individual performances. And I hate to say this, but Quentin Grimes might already be almost ready to graduate from summer league. <laughs> like I, I I'm going back and forth in my head now between do I want to see Grimes uh, keep playing and the Knicks end up winning this like summer league championship or do I want to see Grimes get sat down and put in bubble wrap at this point because he I don't think he really has much left to prove at this point um, so it's it's going to be a little bit of a back and forth in my head I think maybe the the middle ground there is like if the Knicks win tonight against Portland and then go three and oh maybe the solution then is like okay uh, you know just sit Grimes for the last two games because if you're if you even if you end up what like three and two or three and three, uh, that'll probably get you like a first round buy in the summer league tournament because I don't know that that format is weird. They had they let literally every team in it from the start, so I don't know. Hopefully, th- but they would probably even without Grimes win at least one or two more games. So you know, hopefully you kind of put them on ice and then can have them play during the summer league playoffs. Maybe contend get those first ever summer league championship rings. I don't know. But in this game, just like in the last game, just he was absolutely dominant 24 points in 23 minutes, uh, shot seven to 14 from the field four, nine from deep had four rebounds, four assists. I really loved what he's doing as far as trying to sort of like run the offense. And, you know, talked about this last episode with uh, John Schulman, my buddy uh, about like, that Grimes is kind of stepping up and taking the challenge right now with being like the guy on this team. And, you know, he's taking interviews saying he wants to be the man, you know, he wants to be dominant at summer league, all this stuff. And it it really shows. I mean, I thought that he's not just getting his own shot. He's setting up others too. And he had two awesome looks to Jericho Sims uh, in this game that I thought were fantastic. One was like, he was driving in uh, early on in the second half, I believe, and like through this like over the head pass to Sims. Like as he was kind of driving, he had Sims trailing and threw a pass like clean over his head to Sims, and Sims threw that one down. That was an awesome look. And then another one, there was sort of a broken play where Gene Montero got caught sort of up and at the the elbow of the three point line, and then passed out to. I want to say it was maybe Farron Hunt who then moved it to Grimes and then Grimes takes it in and just throws this nasty behind the back pass to Sims who finishes off the play. I, you know, those two have really great chemistry out there. Uh, I've been really liking watching the two of them play together. And, you know, I, I think that Grimes is really doing himself a service as far as trying new things, which I'll get into in a minute. You know, there's a couple guys that, or at least one guy in particular that's sort of standing out to me is not trying a ton of new things. Grimes is trying new things and and doing really well with it. He also generates six free throw attempts too, which shows that, you know, he's not just like fake getting inside. He is actually getting all the way in. He's at least attempting to finish on the inside uh, and, you know, drawing some fouls and stuff like that. So on top of that, I mean, he, the three point shooting was there too. Uh, You know, the, the four of nine from deep, I think he started like four or five. So I guess it's actually kind of a testament to how good the other parts of his game were working that he managed to, you know, miss his last four attempts from three and yet still end up shooting as well as he did and and doing as well as he did in the second half. But in the first half, I mean, he was shooting from anywhere and he was like five, six feet behind the line, pulling up for three and just nailing him. Um, I I think he's 
he's definitely, you know, there's no reason to ever worry about Grimes' shooting. It's I think it's pretty much always going to be there, and I think Quentin Grimes is going to make a lot of money in his NBA career, hopefully from the Knicks, being a, a really great shooter. Um, and it's it's been showing out during this this summer league. So I don't know. Uh, I think at this point through two games, he's <laughs> if the Knicks keep winning big and he keeps only playing like 20 minutes or whatever, I don't know if he'll be in summer league MVP conversation, but if, you know, if the voters, whoever they, I guess it's all the media that shows up there. If they look at it objectively and say like, okay, you know, if he was having to play as many minutes as some of these other guys, he would probably be the MVP. Maybe he gets some looks, especially, you know, maybe the Knicks go undefeated or something. And then he, he really looks good there. Or maybe they sit him down a little bit, like I suggested, and he doesn't get MVP, but the team does well and then can compete for the summer league title. I don't know, but either way, I, I really love what I'm seeing out of Quentin Grimes. Brings me also to Jericho Sims. I love what I'm seeing out of him too. He had 11 points, 10 rebounds in 22 minutes. Uh, it didn't get any blocks, but I thought the rim deterrence was there. And as I said, he was so switchy. Uh, and able to do so much on defense and just affect things on that end. I think it, he's he's also another one of those guys that I don't know how much he has left to prove at this level at this point. This feels a lot like what Quickly and Toppin did last year, where you know they just kind of came in and just owned the summer league. They were so good at, that they looked like they were already like not fit for this level of competition anymore. And I sort of feel the same with Sims. I mean, for all the, I don't know what you want to call it, the belly aching over Jalen Duran that I saw happening, like on Twitter and whatever, and little, you know, civil wars happening over whether the Knicks should have kept pick 13, taking Jalen Duran. I mean, Sims obviously comes with the caveat that he's older, you know, and has less room to grow, presumably. But, I mean, if he just does what he does in this summer league and what he's shown he can do in the NBA, which is set good screens, finish around the rim, uh, you know, with lobs, with that crazy otherworldly athleticism that he has. And then even if he's not generating blocks, just, you know, deter people from going to the rim, you know, meet people on the perimeter and defend that way. I, I think he's already proven that he's a great NBA player and doesn't need to do too much more at the summer league level. Though, again... I hope he keeps playing because I, I love seeing him in sort of a featured role, getting all those dunks, getting, you know, the the spotlight that I think he deserves right now because he's he's playing fantastic. But he's also been trying some new stuff. Like it, it, he once again was showing a little bit of polish around the hoop. Like at one point in this game, got it sort of on the low block uh, or not even quite on the low block. Like I guess it was around the free throw line and sort of took a couple back down dribbles sort of fainted like he was going to go one way and then, you know, just use good footwork and went up with a nice little baby hook and put it in. And it's simple stuff by old school standards, but not something you always see in today's NBA. So, you know, I, I love seeing that from him. I, I like seeing that he's working on some of those inside skills. I think his priorities are pretty well uh, set at this point where, you know, you want to work on, and this is something I hope that Mitch works on, uh, this summer too, where you want to kind of work on having like a, a little bit of a, a back down game, you know, and a little bit of old school, like just put your butt into somebody and go up for a baby hook. You know, I, I think that that's really important. And a lot of that's just footwork. You know, you don't need the crazy athleticism. We've seen Taj Gibson for years, you know, and maybe that's someone that Sims kind of is emulating with this as like a, despite having that crazy athleticism, he's a little undersized, like height and wingspan wise for a five. 
So maybe that's someone that he sort of took notes from uh, as far as how to develop his offensive game. But I think the Sims is coming along really nicely. I I really like what I'm seeing out of him during this summer league. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the other guys, including Deuce McBride, who I'm maybe not as impressed with as some of the other guys. Let's not say that I'm unimpressed. I I just have not been... uh, thinking that he's experimenting enough, I guess would be the way to put it. But I got to quickly remind you guys, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you want to go in there and deal with that brick-and-mortar store experience of getting asked a million probing questions? When you come in, you already know what parts you need, but they're you know just trying to distract you so that they can pull up the most expensive part possible. So asking all these questions you don't know the answer to or don't need to know the answer to because you're only, you know, you've already diagnosed your problem and you know what it is and you just want to fix it. Then, of course, they tell you, oh, yeah, we don't have the part in stock, which, of course, think about how tiny this store is that you just walked into and how many cars there are in general. There's no way that they could possibly have it there. Then they give you the price, too, and you're like, oh, man, so expensive. You know, I could have just gone to the mechanic at this rate and you know, not done it myself and paid, I don't know, 20 bucks more or something, it starts to not become worth it when you go to these stores. That's where rockauto.com comes in. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto because you're not going to have to drive to the store. You're not going to have to drive back to the store to pick the part up once they get it shipped to them. You know, there's so many things that make it easier to just go to rockauto.com. Like one, it's in your pocket or on your computer. Just go to rockauto.com. Two, they ship everything right to your door. So you don't have to make a bunch of trips in your car that needs fixing anyway. Clearly, if you're buying auto parts, don't be making trips to the store to get the parts that you need. You can just get them delivered right to your doorstep and then fix your car at your leisure. And you don't have to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store or, heaven forbid, a car dealership. Rock Auto is also a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every customer, not just for mechanics. That's something you run into with those stores, too. They're going to give a lower price to a mechanic than they would to what I affectionately call a home mechanic like you or me that goes on YouTube and figures out how to fix their car. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. If you decide to get something right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, so starting to move towards uh, uh, the the back end of the show here. Uh, I I mentioned I want to talk about Deuce McBride. I wanted to just bring up a quick note though, because I was I was just talking about how Grimes and uh, Sims sort of seem like they've almost played themselves out of this level. Speaking of guys that played themselves out of this level, uh, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly showed up at the game and they're like best friends. And I, I love that they're like best friends. It's, it's totally cool. It's so funny seeing them like literally do everything together. Like if you follow them on like social media and stuff too, they're always like at each other's houses doing stuff and whatever. And uh, during summer league, they've been like, seems like connected at the hip, like always at the games together and everything and out doing stuff together. Very cool to see. But I heard <laughs> at some point during the game and, I think it was in the first half, maybe around like the second quarter, all of a sudden an Obi chant broke out. Uh, I forget if it was Obi, Obi, or Obi Toppin, but uh, one of the the standard like MSG Knicks chants broke out for Obi. 
Uh, and it was just really funny because he wasn't even playing, but he must have arrived at that time and some fans saw him and decided to give him that, that treatment. Though, you know, (laughs) I wonder how much that feels familiar to him being on the bench and having the Knicks fans cheer for him as if they want him to come into the game. Um, Unfortunately, maybe that's going to be more the case this year if Randall's still on the team. But uh, to get to Deuce McBride, I, you know, I I really like what he does to space the floor. I, of course, love what he does on defense. I think he's one of the best defenders, not just on the Summer League Knicks team, but on the Knicks in general. His impact numbers from this past year speak volumes about that. But I feel like I'm not really seeing him experiment much this Summer League, which I feel like is what's the overall purpose of Summer League. Like, yes, Summer League is fun and, you know, you want to see, uh, you know, the, the team do well and, and stuff like that. But, like, a lot of it is these guys have had, you know, in the case of the Knicks, since they didn't make the playoffs, they've had three months now to sort of get into their offseason and, and start working on stuff. And so with these young guys, you want to see what they've been working on. With Grimes, we can see it, right? Like he's treating himself like a primary option in the summer league and doing really well. And he's attacking closeouts and getting inside and, you know, looking to distribute to his teammates, which are things that we saw sparingly his rookie year, but not so much as it is right now, where he's more of like a featured option. And it's good to see him working on those sort of things. With Deuce, I feel like I want to see him trying to get inside more. I want to see him trying to finish, you know, on the inside and and that sort of thing. And I feel like we even saw more of that in last summer league and during last NBA season than we're seeing during this summer league so far. It seems like this summer league, he's more content to just be like a pull up and spot up guy that is essentially just shooting threes or maybe getting into the mid range or something like that. But that seems to be about all that he seems to want to do or be comfortable with. And look, I, I'm not even saying he's playing bad. Like he had 14 points, six assists. Like you'll take that all day. You know, I, I think he moves the ball well still, you know, it's, it's just, I'm not seeing him do anything that looks like it's pushing his comfort zone. And that's more what I'm looking for in summer league is, are you going to push your limits, try new things? We saw like last year, for example, Emmanuel quickly, you know, take the challenge to take over the offense and be the point guard. And we saw a lot of what he did in summer league eventually translate at the end of the season uh, with the big Knicks as far as running the team. And he had great success down the stretch of the year. We saw Obi Toppin, same deal last summer league sort of took over as being like the number one option scoring guy. And although he had some struggles with shooting the ball or whatever during last summer league, he was still scoring like 20 plus points per game looked really great. And looked like a primary offensive option. And then we see him do the same thing down the stretch of this NBA season. So I feel like summer league should serve as sort of a, a blueprint for what you're, what you're hoping to achieve uh, in the NBA, no matter if it's in game one of the NBA season, or maybe you have to wait a while for your opportunity to come up later in the season, which I feel like would definitely be the case for Deuce more so than Grimes. I think Grimes has a real shot to maybe be the starting shooting guard next year. Uh, with how he's played, but Deuce, you know, probably fighting for his late season role if the Knicks, you know, don't make the playoffs again and, you know, find themselves in that situation. But still, I want to see him push his limits a little bit. Now, maybe he's also just a pull-up and spot-up shooter that plays amazing defense, and if that's the case, then that's cool too. You know, I think we've seen he quickly, you know, had one of the best two-man ratings in the entire NBA last year. 
not just on the Knicks. So, you know, if that's just who he is and he plays the level of defense that he does and, and is a pull-up and spot-up shooter, okay, I mean, that's fine. But at this level and given the physical gifts that he has and everything, I, I'd love to see him try to challenge himself. And maybe we'll see a little more of that throughout the rest of the summer league as he's just sort of let other guys get cooking so far. But I want to see him sort of try to look for his own, uh, you know, down the stretch of this this summer league season. Speaking of guys, I'm kind of worried about still too. Uh, I know uh, John, uh, my guest, and I had a little disagreement about this on the the first show of summer league, but I'm still worried about Trevor Keels. Um, I you know, and I use worried in like a like I'm just worried for this particular moment and like how he's going to look this year. Uh, but I do sort of I could see like a blueprint for potential success with him. I I think he's built really big already, maybe too big. Like I think that he probably, his past success is probably going to be leaning up a little bit and getting himself to the point where that can affect his burst and his first step positively, where he can become a little bit faster of a player. Cause I could sort of see like he has good instincts as far as, you know, when to shoot, when to try to get inside and all that stuff, but he doesn't have, the best first step to take advantage of those opportunities where he can attack a closeout or whatever. And I've, I've noticed him just so many times get bottled up during this summer league. I mean, his box score stats were once again, really not great looking in it. And it felt like a reflection of what was happening on the floor to attend shooting uh, five points in 25 minutes. But, you know, he still managed to be a plus on the floor, uh, although pretty much every player was for the Knicks in this game. But I just think I, I I don't know that his defense is ever going to be super, super great. So he's got to really figure out the offense. And I think how he's going to figure out the offense is by, you know, getting a little leaner and getting to the point where, you know, he can use physical training to increase his, you know, speed and burst and that sort of stuff a little bit, because otherwise, as he stands right now, I think he's a little undersized. Uh, I don't think that he has the best burst uh, to make up for that and, you know, give him any sort of advantage. And he just looks really overmatched. But as they said, like 5,000 times on the ESPN broadcast, and I totally agree with this, like he's 18 right now. He's really young. You know, he's, he's the mold breaker draft pick for the Knicks, actually. Like this is the first guy that they've taken that's been as young as he is. And, you know, with the relative lack of experience when they normally go for, more seasoned college players, which is why we've seen in summer leagues in the past, uh, like, well, I guess we should just say last year's because last year was the the only one that the Knicks have had during the Leon Rose era. But, you know, guys stepped in and were more polished last year, like Grimes, who came in and like as soon as the shot came around, he looked amazing. And Deuce looked pretty good during last year's summer league and stuff because they take guys that have a couple years under their belt usually and are a little older and Keels breaks that mold. He's sort of the first like project that the Knicks have drafted. So I'll be intrigued to see how he does on his two-way contract this year as far as uh, you know, getting his reps with the big squad, getting that like, you know, training, that Knicks level training uh up at that level, and then how he shows out and develops down in the G League, because I do think he'll spend a decent amount of time down there. So we'll see what happens with him. But uh as of right now, pretty much the only stuff that I'm seeing that looks somewhat promising out of Keels is like spot up three point shooting. So he's, he's got a lot of work to do, but 
you know, I the Knicks have only drafted workers so far, so I feel pretty good about him, uh, you know, being able to achieve that over time. Farron Hunt, star of game one, the unexpected star of game one, I thought kind of came back down to earth in this game. Um, you know, the shots weren't falling quite as well, but on the defensive end, I thought he was really affecting things. He really uses that wingspan and anticipation to, you know, generate steals and, uh, generate turnover opportunities for the Knicks as well as just being pretty switchy with that wingspan and, you know, a pretty good size about him. Um, I, my main thing is I can't help but envision how Obi would do in the role that Hunt is playing right now. If the Knicks were going to do a similar scheme in the big leagues, like I said, on, you know, on defense and everything, Obi, you know, I think is like a faster, better version of Hunt who can reliably shoot. Um, of course, they're not exactly the same player. Like, I think that Obi also has, you know, great pick and roll finishing ability, lob finishing ability, stuff like that. But, you know, defensively, I could see them filling a pretty similar role where maybe a little undersized uh, at the four spot, but, you know, able to generate steals, able to get out in transition and really affect things that way. So, you know, that when I'm watching Hunt right now, I just can't help but think a little bit about how that could potentially work for Obi if the Knicks, you know, institute like i said at the top of the show more of a switchy defensive scheme or at least entertaining the idea of switching and stuff so um but yeah good game for Farron hunt despite the the box score not really being there i thought uh daquan jeffries had some moments he was he was flying around on both ends he had 13 points six boards shot five of seven uh on offense i really liked that he was getting downhill generating rim pressure uh had a really nice just like barrel down the lane dunk at one point that was really cool so liked what I saw out of him. Gene Montero, you know, as I start kind of uh, wrapping up here, Gene Montero I thought had a, a pretty decent um, showing, though I thought he got a little trigger happy. Also got five fouls in 16 minutes. Uh, you get like 10 personal fouls in Summer League or something like that because they're, they're not trying to have you foul out. But still, you know, he's got he's to tighten things up a little bit on both ends. Um, I don't think he's ready for it yet but i would love if the knicks if the knicks end up like three and oh four and oh whatever you know and things seem pretty locked up with playoff positioning quote unquote you know for the summer league tournament like they've guaranteed a first round buy or something like that however that all works i hope maybe they they give deuce and grimes and all them a game off and kind of just go with the b squad for a game and let montero kind of like run the show i, w- I would like to see what he can do because I think that he's already got the ability to break the defense down to some degree. And he definitely can generate looks for himself. Like, you know, out of a, a quick pick and roll, he can, he can, you know, splash a pull up three. Um, you know, he can turn the corner and get inside. It seems like, but I want to see what he can do if, if they really task him with sort of like running the offense and uh, looking to get his teammates involved and, and being sort of like the, the point guard out there. It seems like they haven't really done that so far, and, and that's a role I'd like to see him try. Um, and then everybody on the roster got to see the floor at some point, although I'll, I'll fully admit I sort of checked out in the fourth quarter because I felt like there wasn't too much more to see with some of the guys out there. But I'll just quickly shout out uh, Micah Potter I thought was really good. Uh, I liked his energy on both ends. He got like the primary backup center minutes behind Jericho Sims. Um, I, he had a really nice pin block against the backboard in relief of Jericho early on. Um, you know, I don't know. He's probably a Westchester Nick. Uh, that's probably where he's destined to be or some other G League team. But, 
thought he, he had a good showing. Uh, and then MJ Walker too. I, I think he's probably also headed back to the Westchester Knicks, but I got a nice four points in six minutes. Thought he had a good little showing. I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't seen more of him, but I think it's probably due to the fact that Farron Hunt has sort of taken over um, as their, their like rangy wing type dude, you know, that can play good defense now. I think that's probably the main reason that we're not seeing more MJ Walker, but it's nice to see him again. Nice to be reminded that he's around and that he'll probably be back on the Westchester Knicks this year. And that's pretty much all I got for this game. So uh, there's a back-to-back tonight against Portland at 11 Eastern. So nice late game to stay up for tonight. Uh, Portland doesn't have Shaden Sharp anymore, and they're not exactly the most polished roster in Summer League. I could very easily see things going very similar to this Bulls game if the Knicks come out and uh, are firing on all cylinders again. So exciting times. It's fun to see some winning Knicks basketball. Nice little distraction for the summer. Uh, We'll be back with another episode. I think Gavin and I both uh, tomorrow. So definitely keep your eyes out for that. Till next time, though, thank you all for listening today. And we'll be talking to you all soon with more Summer League recaps and more great content this week. So hope to see you all soon. Peace out, everybody.